This past February, I visited Ecuador, a country in South America the size of Colorado, for a two-week birdwatching tour. Towards the end of our tour, I had the opportunity to interview our guide, Willie Perez, about ecotourism in his native country of Ecuador. My name is William Perez, and I work as a tour guide for a company called Field Guides. And Field Guides is based in Texas, in Austin, and I have been working for them since 2011. And the way how I started to work as a guide, it became as a kind of a coincidence in the sense that I started to work with conservation fairs. And the project that I was involved, it was with spectacle bears. That is what put me in the way of nature. And since that, I started to follow a career in guiding. But something that really helped me to do it, it was because I grew up in a farm. Because my dad was a farmer in the western side of Ecuador. And I knew a little bit about nature, but completely in the different way how to show people. The reason how I started in birding, it was because I met a Peace Corps volunteer called Shannon Parsons. And this girl, she was making a, a checklist of the birds in the same reserve where I was working with the spectacle bears. One time we were having lunch, you know, and Shannon was listening to something that she recorded. She, she didn't know what it was, but I knew the call. I knew more or less what the bird was, but I didn't know that birds, they had names. They, had, they were actually in books or anything like that. I started as a local guide in a reserve called Makipukuna in the northwest of Quito, and I did a lot of training courses, studying about nature, birds, a little bit of biology, you know, plants and all of that. And at the beginning it was basic, so I was guiding mostly in Spanish because I didn't speak any English at that time. My first goal it was to learn English. We had volunteers in the reserve, they were learning Spanish, and some of the local guys we were learning English. Your country of Ecuador is very biodiverse. It has a bird species list of over 16 and you have some very distinct territories. Can you talk about the biodiversity in your country because of those very distinct habitats? We always believe that Ecuador in a sort of way has a kind of a bless. <laughs> Literally we got everything in terms of climate conditions and all of that. There are so many geographic facts like the Andes Mountains that divides the country from north to south. We are just located on the equator and obviously we are in the tropics. And also we have some marine currents that help to change the weather and help to create these little pockets of biodiversity in Ecuador. Just to give you an idea, if you go north of the equator, on the western side of the Andes, it's mostly wet and a lot of humidity and is a proper rainforest. But if you go south of the equator, the change is quite drastically because it turns into a kind of more desertic area. Reason for that is the influence of marine but when you go to the Andes, because the highest point in Ecuador is 6,300 meters, so when you go from sea level all the way up to the highest mountain, which is Chimborazo, you have all these different habits and different temperatures. That is, it makes the whole difference to have plants or a species that need different temperatures. In the eastern side, luckily, we have also the Amazon Basin. It has all the moisture coming from the lowland rainforest, there is a lot of rain and it produces a lot of humidity and plants grow all year around. In a small amount of terrain we have almost 
any kind of climb or conditions of weather. And additionally, you know, we have the Galapagos Island, which is another completely different world. There are some species there that you don't find anywhere else. How has your Ecuadorian government kind of protected the natural beauty and reserves of your country? Well, it has been kind of a process, I would say, since, since I started to work with conservation. Maybe government not doing much, but some international organizations joined local organizations that were doing conservation. They have been trying to protect different habitats. It has been a process since I know, since 1998, 2000. We have to see the changes of conservation. And it has been going little by little. I am not saying that we we don't have forests being chopped down, you know, it's still happening, but now people are more conscious about that. The thing is because people started to be more open and trying to understand, you know, what's going on. And a lot of help has been from international organizations. Something that has been crucial, I will say also, is some of the universities in Ecuador open more biological studies, but also tourism that has been taking people in a different way. And ecotourism suddenly develop a bit. And that's the time when people realize that actually conservation is a good way and you can make some money with it. After we started to see that forest has a value just to look at it, it changed the whole mentality of people. Some of these organizations like Hokotoko, even Makipukuna, which is a big reserve in the northwest of Quito, when they started to protect the forest, local people thought, wow, the forest has some value. Because before that, the forest didn't have any value. The value for the land, it was a crop. Now people think twice when they want to chop the forest down because they can make maybe more money with the forest standing up than actually cutting it off. Just to give you an example, you know, today we went to visit Angel Pass and you can see how much money made just today using the forest that he has and the birds. So when people see that, but now we also understand that forest is everything. Without forest, we are nothing. When we went to Angel's place today, and he's a, a private individual who essentially runs his own ecotourism business. Can, can you tell my listeners his story, which is very interesting. His name is Angel Paz. What he did is basically something that nobody else has done. And he decided, you know, to use his birds in the forest to make money. Instead of cutting the forest down and put crops and tree tomatoes and grass. In some ways, Angel has been very lucky, but he's also a very bright guy. He was part of a training process to become a local guy. And during this process, he was part of it. And one of these projects was the Cock of the Rock Lake. Suddenly he discovered that in his property he has a cock of the rock leg. He started to, to take people to show the tourists these beautiful birds that are very unique, you know, in, in South America. Cock of the rock legs, they, they are in these very steep places, normally in canyons, and to get there is quite difficult. The trails were very muddy, according to what people started to complain. So when they were fixing the trails, in the way back of some of the tourists that they were visiting him, they saw this very unique bird called the giant ampita. It looks like a, a coconut with legs. It, it was very impossible to see before, and some people even thought that they were extinct in Ecuador. These people were coming back 
aside from the cockroach leg, this bird was feeding the worms that were coming out of the soil that was dug out. One of the tourists, as a kind of a joke, but maybe serious, he said to Angel, you know, forget about the cockroach. They are everywhere. If you feed that bird, that will bring you money. And money is important. In conservation, I always say that it's like kind of a business because you need income. He started to feed the anpitas with worms. So instead of people going to see the cock of the rock, most of the people or a lot of people went to see the giant anpita. But suddenly he discovered that there were more anpitas. And as you know, today we saw four of these birds that normally we never saw them well before. He's there involved with the project. His family is working there too. And he, he has created this small industry, but also he employed some members of his family. He's a pioneer doing this, and a lot of people has copied him. In part two of WFHB's report from Ecuador, I asked Mr. Perez about the role of indigenous natives and the future of ecotourism in his homeland. For WFHB, this has been Bob Kissel reporting from Mindo, high in the Andes Mountains.